Welcome to the Homeschool Together podcast. Where one working mom and a stay-at-home dad help you navigate the nuts and bolts of the growing and dynamic world of homeschooling. With a focus on early learners. Like me! All the ins and outs of building and maintaining your homeschool life. Homeschool! Find out tips and tricks to make things like this easier. I'm reading! And ultimately, enjoy educating your kids. And what's that last thing? Have fun together! Did I do good, Daddy? (laughs) Yeah, you did, sweetie. Good job. Welcome back to Homeschool Together Podcast. Thanks for joining us. If you have a chance, head down into the show notes to find out all the ways to connect to us on the podcast, and you'll find our free resource guide for North American Studies. Today, we're going to be talking about one of the best learning apps out there, the Khan Academy Kids. And I cannot speak highly enough of this. We're going to go through kind of my whole review and my experience of that of the app and how we use it. Um, a compre- completely free. A com- yeah, this is probably the most important thing. 100% free. 100% free. It's no ads, all, no upsells. It's always going to be free. There's no upsells. There's no way to, for you to lose money. And you cannot go wrong with this app. So let's get into it. So we've all heard of Khan Academy. Um, it's been a one of the great you know resources, uh, internet resources that has been available. Well, I, I mean, maybe maybe some folks, especially internationalists, just haven't. So let's just go over what what is Khan Academy. So Khan Academy is a five hundred one c non for profit started in Silicon Valley by Sal Khan in two thousand and eight, and it was specifically st- targeted a free and open educational resource, mainly using the YouTube platform to deliver mm-hmm. the videos. And these are very simple videos. Uh, very often they are a black grease board that's a digital grease board and then a lot of handwriting tool. You know, there's like a kind of a, a digital pen. Mm-hmm. Kind and of it started with math mostly? They started with math and now they cover pretty much everything uh, from biology to chemistry to, you know, education to accounting, um, economics. They cover almost everything. And they go from educational, low, lower educational levels like elementary school all the way up through the college levels. Wow. I'm, I'm unsure if they go into the graduate levels, but I know for a fact that I have watched videos for advanced math degrees, math, math classes for, I remember using it for some of my, my tech work is I actually wa- watched some of the old computational and computer science classes kind of doing logic and things like that. So I, I have mm-hmm. watched those classes and they were very advanced and very uh, easy to listen to, but it was a higher level class. It wasn't just something like a two or three minute intro type of videos. It was almost college level quality from what I remember. Um, so it's a free resource, no ads. You don't pay for anything. For there's not even a premium option, I don't think. No, there? there's nothing. There's absolutely right. nothing. And so this, there's, is, this is no, nothing is scaled down. This is Absolutely just, no, no. It's just completely free and they've been rolling out more and more and more videos. Um, and so they, it comes from the idea that education should be free, knowledge should be free, there should be no gatekeepers. Uh, we've seen a lot of this type of uh, removing gatekeepers and removing barriers to entry. Uh, for other educational stuff, for example, and we'll have it in the show notes, like Stanford has open classes, MIT now has open classes. Um, you can just sit there and listen to lectures. I know a lot of other universities are doing this now. They're putting a lot of their lectures onto YouTube. It's not that you can get accreditation. You can't pass courses. You can't. You obviously still have to pay the money to get the degree. But the ability to sit down and listen to 
you know, a graduate level physics course taught by a Nobel laureate is not something that you could do 10 years ago. Right. It's not behind a paywall anymore. There's no paywalls. There's nothing. So it's actually, it's, it's open and free to everyone. And now the great thing is they are privately funded. I think, I think the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation helps uh, fund them. I think there's a couple other large donors and they keep the project going and they just continue to put out more and more content. Icon Academy. Icon Academy. And what's the great thing that happened was about, what happened in about 2018, two years ago, they released Khan Academy Kids. And this is specifically a learning app that is designed for young learners. Um, I think they target between two years old, which, you know, it's my mind blowing that my, <laughs> my, my little kid that's walking around here and just learning to talk has an app that's ready for her for the, in the next six months. Wow. It's kind of amazing to think about that goes from two years old, I think, all the way up to about seven years old. And they kind of had a little plus sign on there. So maybe kind of ranging from two to eight. So if we, if I, I'm, I'm a listener and I'm just downloading Khan Academy Kids, what's what's the setup like to, to get my kid into learning? So it's super easy. After you give them your email address, they verified your account. Your, your young learner will create a small little avatar. They have about 30 or 40... I believe ours is a unicorn. Yes, ours is a unicorn. So <laughs> they have about 30 or 40 little avatars they can choose from. Obviously, they get their name, then you pick their age, and then all of a sudden, they'll be walk through kind of this entry-level, learn how to use the app kind of learning lesson. Is it is it like, is, is it an assessment? No, it's actually like, here, touch Cody Bear and tell Cody Bear to go over here. So it's actually teaching the kid... If they're young enough, they haven't actually used a touchscreen. Oh, it's okay. actually just kind of getting them familiar with how to touch the touchscreen, whether it's on your phone. We use I it see. on the iPad, so it's a nice big screen. I haven't actually used it on my phone. I, th- I think it might be a little too small, mm-hmm. um, especially with some of the activities that we'll talk about. It is a little bit better, I think, on an iPad or on like a tablet device. Mm-hmm. Most of us have those in the house. They're pretty cheap and easy. I think it's on all platforms, so on Android and iOS, it's not a problem. So they teach them this little introductory lesson, get them through the experience of using the touchscreen, and then they start to feed them lessons. And what's important about these lessons is they're immediately doing an assessment. It's very dynamic, and they're going to test where your kid is based on that age level. Now, if they're a little bit behind, they have some areas of they have to learn, they'll downgrade the activities, and then they'll feed them back up. They'll pull them back up to where they are, find that kind of middle ground. I've noticed as our daughter has begun to use it, they become more and more sophisticated. The lessons that they keep getting fed to her, they are fed in about a five minute burst. So each lesson, there's about 10, five to 10 lessons within that five minutes. Okay. And these are little activities. Different activities. Little activities that are targeting different you know, skills, whether it's reading, whether it's math, listening comprehension, um, color recognition, sorting, all across the spectrum. So like, give me an example. If we were going to do a reading five-minute activity block, what would it look like uh, for an easy reading? And and So that's a good question because each block doesn't always follow one type of activity, whether it's like reading. They will have a reading, and then the next activity might be another reading, another reading, and then they'll toss in some reading math type of blend, and then they maybe will finish with a math, or they'll finish with a story or a song. And they're always kind of different. They're very dynamic in that kind of five-minute chunk. So like, a, you know, a simple lesson would be, hey, she's learning the letter T. And there's all these balloons that come floating by. 
and you have to find the the object in there like there'll be a tie so she has to grab the t because it starts with t give it to one of the characters oh here comes a teacup or you know maybe they'll have the floating letters in the bubbles and then she'll have to bring them over so the coolest thing that I've, I've noticed about this is that you rarely see duplication of a lesson. So mm. there's always something different. What was the one that was always the same? Was it reading eggs? Was that the one? There was another reading app that we got. And every time that she, she would go through and there was like a series of maybe four activities and she liked those four, but then she'd go on to the, the next letter and it was the exact same activity, right? And she became quickly bored. So yeah. is this something, have you noticed our daughter kind of get burnt out on this no. or no they're absolutely not the the dialogue the there's a character cody bear who's always talking to the learner giving them instructions so it's really important that they listen to do the right thing i have not seen her get burned out I, and you know sometimes i'll go you know one or two loops of the five minutes as kind of a reward i've been using it as kind of an intermediary between say doing a math lesson and then she gets to pick from something whether it's reading a book doing some art activity, playing with Legos, or doing you know, Khan Academy. And she'll pick, okay, let me do Khan Academy. So we'll do one cycle. Sometimes I might need two cycles. It's also a really good thing that when I'm getting set up for homeschooling, like for example, if, I'm, if I have to go into the all about reading and I've got to you know, tear out some pages and cut out some things, I'll give her Khan Academy as kind of a warm up. Mm, mm -hmm. And she thinks she's having fun, and she is. Um, but for me, I'm getting a little bit of, I'm filling that time as I'm kind of trying to catch up for, you know, maybe I'm a little behind on the day or something, or maybe I'm doing the right start math and I've got to read, I got to read the lesson and find out what we're doing for the day or how they specifically want me to articulate a certain concept. So I have to actually read that so she can sit there and do Khan Academy for five minutes. That gives me that little window of time to do that. Or I do it as a reward in between. So with, when she, when she pulls up the app, is it just, you know, the next thing, it just feeds it to her? Or do you have any control? Can you say, gosh, the areas of opportunity for my child are really uh, these areas of reading. This is what we really need to work on. Can, can you target it or is the app just kind of auto feeding? So, so the app, so the main uses of the app is, is just auto feeding her things. And it's constantly assessing her and, and constantly figuring out what's that next level. And I've seen it kind of bump her up because I like to sit next to her while she's doing it. Mm -hmm. Not that I'm like hovering or doing anything like that. I just like to observe what it's doing. Um, I see it pull her up a little bit and she'll struggle a little. And then they'll have her doing the same activity again, just in a little bit different way. And then she'll get it. And then they'll come back and do that previous one. And they'll see that she's moving forward. That's that method. But there's a second mode that's available. It's called the library mode. And allows you to go and actually just select the exact thing you want to do. Whether it's math, whether it's reading. There's, I, I can't even, I can't remember how many of these items there are. There's just like dozens and dozens and dozens of things that you can choose based on what you want to do, whether you want to read stories, you want to do songs. And there's also really nice, there's an offline mode where there's activities that are offline. So if you are stuck somewhere where there's no internet access, or you're in a car ride driving somewhere and you don't want to burn data, creating a hotspot, you absolutely can just go to the offline content and have them do that as well. And I think there's content for reading, writing, math, all that type of stuff in the offline mode. And so you can just choose what you want to do. And you'll see a lot of the repetition of the lessons that you saw in the general app reflected into the library mode. And you can go in between the two. So with the library mode, is it only things you've already covered or is it kind of... It's pretty anything? much everything, yeah. 
It's pretty much everything. And then every ad, you know, it's like, for example, if you want to read a book, they have a lot of book read aloud things. So it's like an audio book or is it kind of a, is it a, it's a video it's a, audio book? It, it, th- yes, yes. And yes. Some of them are static videos where they're just reading words and the words are highlighting. Some of them are animated books. Um, and then they're being asked questions, things they have to highlight in the, in the app. There's been a few times where she's gone a little Dora, the Explorer, you know, how Dora will ask you to say something to her mm-hmm. and then they've built in this dead time so that then she responds back to you right kind of that call and response thing the app doesn't have that built in but i've noticed her (laughs) doing call and response stuff like what's in the trees and she starts yelling at the ipad a monkey a monkey (laughs) (laughs) and then it goes oh there's a monkey i don't know if they were looking for that kind of a call and response (laughs) thing but it kind of happened which was very funny I'm just sitting there. Maybe I, I looked down at my phone for a second. I saw an email. And all of a sudden, she's yelling, monkey, monkey. <laughs> <laughs> Which usually refers to the 17-month-old. Yeah. Normally, the 17-month-old <laughs> screaming monkey at me. Who's who's a, who's a climber. Yeah, the climber, yeah. But um, so the app's been very good. And I've I've been very impressed with the quality of the app. I've been impressed with how it does not feel like a children's app. So some children's apps, I mean, we've, we've experienced a lot of them, mm. where they feel like Almost like they're talking down to the kid. And overly cutesy. Overly cutesy. And this is not that. The The voices are very, they're very age appropriate for the kids, but they do not, it's not annoying. Uh, oh, here, here's a better, here's a better way to describe it. On the adult level, you can sit next to this app and easily listen to it without your mind getting <laughs> Melting. <hurt>. Yes. <laughs> like I feel good. I, I, I actually enjoy sitting next to her and doing the app and watching her do the app. It's not annoying in any way. I have not had anything. There's been a few activities where I think it goes a little fast and she struggles and she gets a little, you know, frantic on trying to do the things. The bubble ones and the balloon ones tend to be a little fast if they could just dial that down. But I don't know if the speed of the app is actually part of the learning Right, mm-hmm. if there's supposed to be that level of urgency where she's got to quickly do it and assess and I'm sure it answer. is. But other than that, it is not annoying at all to listen to. The sounds and the music are very well dialed into not annoying the parents and being very enjoyable for children. And it's just kind of this perfect thing. And it's also the look and feel of it is very polished. I, I have not had any crashes in the app you know, based on how many activities and how much time we've spent using this, I've been using it for the last month and a half now, pretty along with the Frederick app that we've heard uh, with our interview with Drew Badger. These two apps have been kind of side by side for us. And the, the Khan Academy app, I've been very impressed. I mean, Drew's app was very specific to just reading and learning phonetics and all that type of stuff. This is more of like a holistic app where it's kind of everything. Mm-hmm. And I have seen, not necessarily seen like good gains from it, but it's a great way to fill that time and use it as a reward. And I see her enjoying it to like a level that I did not, I have not seen before. And what's nice is that there's always this like break point after three or four or five minutes where it says, okay, you're done. Would you like to do another round? And I see her kind of look at me longingly. <laughs> Can I have one more cycle, dad? And yeah, okay, fine. And what's really nice is like every two or three times you've gone through, you know, the five minute loop, they give a reward to you and she gets to choose some like attire for one of the characters and since we just got past the halloween time period the house that they live in was a spooky house and it was mm. kind of like a haunted house and they were getting 
uh, clothes for their Halloween dress up. And so they constantly all had different clothes on. And now that Halloween is over, the spookiness is gone. And now they're just getting regular fun clothes for them to wear and, you know, gifts and stuff for the little characters. So it's, it is obviously very much aware of itself time-wise. And so it has cool built-in features that are specific to the holidays that it's, it's surrounding. So I thought that was a nice little touch as well. That's a little soft thing. I don't even, I, I think she just looked at it today and they, they got rid of the spooky house and she's like, Oh daddy, where did the haunted house go? <laughs> <laughs> so it was kind of cool to see that, how that changed dynamically. But you know, as an app, I, I, I don't think there's a better app you could have on your phone. There's no, no ads. There's no additional products to buy. Mm-hmm. It's 100% free and it's completely geared to the kids and, and it's dynamic on their age. I, I, I can't speak highly of this, of the, enough of this app. It's and so really will it allow for multiple children on the same app? Absolutely. Great question. So what I'll do is I'll link a how to set up the app in the show notes and absolutely you can have this geared towards multiple kids. So if you have say a three-year-old or a four-year-old and maybe you have a six or seven-year-old, great. You can make avatars for both of them. They'll have their names there. They can choose where they are and it knows where they are. And then they can go ahead and write into the, the activities and, you know, it knows what level they're at and where they need to go. So absolutely. You can have multiple kids and I don't think there's any limit on the number of kids you can have on there. So if you have three or four or five kids, you can absolutely do it. So if you got a chance, go out there. I know the holidays are coming up. Absolutely download Khan Academy kids, install it on your phone, on your tablet, on all your devices. It's really, really powerful tool. It's a great way to fill a little bit, fill a little bit of time without the, the guilt of the parent having the device babysit the kid. You know, you're, they're getting good learning and it's a good way for them to kind of fill in those gaps and those, that missing time that you might have. So Khan Academy kids, absolutely, absolutely recommend it. So we want to end a podcast like we always do on what we're into. Ariel, what is that thing? Great illustrated classics. (sighs) Now look, I mean, so you've seen the books. They're like, usually have a white spine on them, red lettering. They kind of look old school. They look like, you know, they could be a set on the uh, the the classroom. Once we have our white, I think they're from the 90s. We've seen them. Yeah, they still sell them, I think. They still sell them. We have been collecting them at every Goodwill in the area. Right. You can definitely thrift them. You can. You can. They're very... You know, you can see them when they're on the shelf, right? Because they've got they've got white spines with this like thick red lettering. I'm sure you'll notice the whole idea behind a great illustrated classic is it takes a classic work of literature, which is going to be too much for our young learner to read. It's above her reading level, and not just above her reading level, but even even when your child's old enough to read that kind of work. It, you know, the way that the language is written, mm-hmm. it's it's older, it's more uh, difficult, might not be as engaging. I'll give you a good, a good example. You know, I read I read a couple of Jules Verne books this year and they're borderline not enjoyable. Like I would not recommend people. Somebody to out there is cursing your name. I know they are. <laughs> the books are way better in, in the idea of the story, yeah. but the execution, the storytelling, you know, I don't want to get on my... Ariel, Ariel has her, her theater storytelling soapbox. Some books back in the day would not be published today in the yeah. form that they're produced. Like they're just not very sophisticated storytelling. The stories might have been really good when Jules was writing those in, 18, in late 1800s, but they just would not. They just 
don't hold up. The like, great concepts, but like, the you know, you can actual read, line by line. Yeah, is, you can read Tolstoy's Anna Karenina, and that feels like a modern novel if you have a good translation. If you have Jules Verne books, they're just not that enjoyable mm-hmm. because the, the characters are doing weird things and whatnot. This is a great way to, even just for adults, to sit down and read a classic book of literature that maybe you would never read before. And you can actually enjoy it and get the gist of the story. Right. I mean, this is one of these things where you like to read classic literature and yeah. I I don't. I'm very much reading into reading popular mm-hmm. fiction. Um, the only way the only place where this is kind of crossed is one of my favorite books of all time is Anne of Green Gables. And so the reason that this is what we're into this week is yeah. that we just finished the great illustrated classics of Anne of Green Gables with our daughter. So all of, and she just turned five a couple weeks ago. So she's very young. She loved it. Absolutely loved it. So the great illustrated classics are abridged versions of the, the main novel and they're black and white and there's pictures, I would say every but they're other not even page. Just, but they're not even just abridged. They're like abridged children's versions. So it's like right, really yeah, pared yeah. down. It's severely like the, the story is abridged, but the language is also changed. I mean, some of it, I, I noticed specifically that there were many lines of dialogue in the story that are exactly the same as the original book, mm-hmm. but they did they did cut out kind of some superfluous stuff and and they made it a little bit easier to understand. That being said, our daughter's been running around for two days staying fiddlesticks. 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 <laughs> so she's definitely learning some new vocab words. But what I love about Great Illustrated Classics is they make these wonderful timeless stories so accessible to younger learners Mm -hmm. Um, we went ahead and read it and as we read chapters of it i have the the 1980s version of anne of green gables on dvd yeah the the more modern version that's on netflix right now is maybe a little yeah that would be too too mature um but i have the hallmarky 80s one that's you know a special place in my heart um, with Megan Fellows and Jonathan Crombie and Special Place. So uh, we've been watching that. So we, we read a chapter or two, and then we watch a little bit of the movie. And she's absolutely in love with the story. Mm-hmm. And I love that I get to share this um, favorite story of mine with her in something that I, I was thinking like, oh, she's too young to read the full book. She mm-hmm. won't just, the, the language, it's too much for her. She wouldn't get it. But I don't want to watch the movie without going through this. Well, so this was just a great happy medium. And and if if you if you remember back, we recommended the Renly series a couple episodes mm-hmm. ago. This is very much in the same vein, where like every other page has a really nice artistic drawing. I I know I read her Moby Dick a couple of years ago. No, about a year ago, a just year over ago. a year ago. And she she really liked it. She even took it into preschool for when it was I. She was Ishmael. She brought Moby Dick in there. I felt really proud and everything. Yeah. Now they didn't have chapter forty two, the whiteness of the whale, which is the greatest you know chapter of all of English literature. But you know they they did cover the main bit of the story, and she she really she got it right. And Mm -hmm. it was really exciting for me as somebody who you know likes that type of literature to be able to share that with her and you know. I can pretend to be Captain Ahab and, you know, tell me, have you seen a white whale? Oh, she loved it. And she would, like, echo it back at me. Yeah, she loved it. And so we've been reading, you know, you've been reading Anna Green Gables. You know, we've read a bunch of other ones. Right, and I decided that with the success of this one, I'm going to read the great illustrated classics of A Secret Garden to her, and then we'll watch the movie that goes with that. So I love pairing books and movies, Mm -hmm. um, but I was was struggling with how do we – how, how do we pair some of these because the books are too advanced mm-hmm. and the great illustrated classics is just a wonderful way. You know, we as adults, I kind of look at these books sitting there and it's like, 
they're kind of old looking mm-hmm. and like, oh, is this really going to be good? But they are. They they are actually really terrific. And they're, they're she doesn't care enough, yeah. that they're in black and white. Oh, I mean, she it, doesn't. it doesn't that doesn't have anything to, to do with it for her. She loves it. And being able, there's so many classic stories that, and they all have, you know, various movie versions made. Right. So great way to pair the two. And our daughter's all about it this week. So we just wanted to share great illustrated classics. You can buy them new still, but go, go thrift, go back. Yeah. Go back to our episode, buy all the books and find great ways to find these. I think you've been picking them up. We've been picking them up at Goodwill. Right. But you can easily get them for a couple bucks on some of the the used book sites. So absolutely right. Goodwill's all over the country. And how many of them do we have now? Them. We have about twenty or thirty of them. I have no idea. It's yeah. huge. But she was already asking me tonight, "What's the next book? What's the next yeah. book?" And I love being able to share these classic stories that mm-hmm. I mean, I loved as a child and things, and be able to share them in a way that's accessible to a five year old. I just think is awesome. So great illustrated classics. Thanks so much for joining us today and making us a part of your homeschool journey. Please engage with us on social media. Join our Homeschool Together podcast group on Facebook and find us at Homeschool Together podcast on Instagram. We'd love to hear your feedback, questions, and recommendations. Until next time. Happy homeschooling!